Welcome to the Five Beer Plan. I'm Brian, and this is the ongoing saga of an everyman's ale trail. In this episode, I'll flip over fall beers, talk cervejas with Linus DePauli from Trace Gatos Brewing in Wyoming, Michigan, and review Run Wild from Athletic Brewing Company. In this segment of Tales from the Trail, for a flight change of scenery, I want to share my thoughts on fall beers. I don't know exactly when it happened, but here in the United States, the first hint of fall brings out everything pumpkin. Pumpkin muffins, pumpkin lattes, pumpkin pancakes, pumpkin cereal, and of course, pumpkin beer. It is a trend that does not seem to have any end. Pumpkin beer is a valid style recognized and judged at the Great American Beer Fest. There are two subcategories, pumpkin squash or pumpkin spice. Characteristics of the pumpkin slash squash style utilize no spice, but rather rely on the flavors associated with various beer styles for the profile. Clearly, the pumpkin spice beer is just the opposite, mainly using cinnamon, allspice, clove, and nutmeg, though the use of other spices is not discouraged. So that begs the question, where did the style get its start? Some excerpts from a blog from At The Tap in October 2020 gives a nice overview of the origins of pumpkin beer. During the early colonial period of the 1770s, pumpkin beer became popular out of necessity. Not only were pumpkins bountiful, but they served as a good substitute for malt, using the pulp of the pumpkin as a stand-in for the usual fermenting agent. And while the best pumpkin beers are revered for their taste, it's important to note that this wasn't about taste for most colonists, it was truly a necessity. If an ingredient was used for flavor, ground ivy or ginger may have been added. Furthermore, at the turn of the 19th century, colonial tastes swiftly rendered the pumpkin beer old-fashioned. Perhaps gourds were seen as too common or colonists developed more of a taste for persimmon and spruce beer. In either case, pumpkin beer fell out of favor. As the industry grew and beer ingredients became easier to acquire, there was a resurgence in using pumpkin to flavor beer around the middle of the century. Pumpkin spice beer became a tasty alternative as brewers experimented with cloves and other flavor additives. They also note that Buffalo Bill's Brewery in Hayward, California is credited with producing the first pumpkin beer that spurred the movement from a modern experimental beer to a commercial success. Brewed for the first time in 1985, the brewery was inspired by George Washington. Washington was a known home brewer. While his personal favorite was an English-style porter, he experimented with pumpkin beer. Once this pumpkin spice beer hit the market, breweries across the country picked up this resurrected style. Pumpkin beer is one of those styles that polarizes even the most laid-back of beer drinkers. Either you like them or you don't. I'm not a huge fan, so I tend to fall into the not-a-fan category. Probably this is because most of the pumpkin beers I have had lean more towards the heavily spiced variant, and after a while, when you're trying to integrate four basic spices into a beer, it gets boring very quickly, and that's all you taste. I usually will have my one pumpkin beer to kick off the fall, and that's about it. Some of the best pumpkin beers I have had are Southern Tears Warlock, Haunted Hayride from Masthead Brewing, and Elysian Brewing's Night Owl. I had to laugh when I was doing research for the style. 
American Craft Beer offers its three award-winning pumpkin beers for pumpkin beer haters. Here are the gold, silver, and bronze entries from the 2022 edition of the Great American Beer Fest. Night Owl from Elysian Brewing Company in Seattle, Washington. Brewed with almost seven pounds of pumpkin per barrel and a menu of roasted and raw pumpkin seeds that are spiced during the conditioning process with nutmeg, clove, cinnamon, ginger, and allspice, Elysian Night Owl is a 6.7% ABV ale that's immensely flavored but never too sweet. Five Phantoms from Phillipsburg Brewing Company in Phillipsburg, Montana. Crafted with three different types of locally sourced pumpkins, Five Phantoms Pumpkin Spice Barley Wine is a 9% ABV seasonal beer with an intense malt flavor, a mesmerizing spiciness, and a deep autumn amber color. Molasses Pumpkin Martson, Whistlehop Brewing Company, Fairview, North Carolina. Crafted with candy roasters, Long Island cheese, and Queensland blue pumpkins from their friends at Flying Cloud Farm and aged to perfection in bourbon trace bourbon barrels, Whistlehop Molasses Pumpkin Martson is a 5.2% lager with rich notes of molasses, caramelized pumpkin, subtle smoke and spices, oak, vanilla, and bourbon. So whether you're a fan of the style or not, like the yearly showing of It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, the style clearly is not going anywhere. This week's Hop Hack is about innovative products for the craft beer drinker. I've been scouring the internet for gadgets, gizmos, and gigaws that make the craft beer experience even better. Step aside, Mr. Popeil. Here comes the everyman. So who remembers the name of the hard plastic hat that had the can holders mounted on either side with a long, flexible straw you drink from? For extra credit, if you know the year, you get a beer on me. Okay, time's up. If you answered the beer helmet in 1985, then this segment may be just for you. A little disclaimer, though. I don't own each and every one of these products that I'm highlighting. First up is Growlerworks U-Keg, which is a pretty slick product. Have you ever gone to fill up your growler or howler, then crack it open and feel the pressure to finish it within a few days? I know I have. The U-Keg is a gorgeous-looking pressurized mini-keg that holds 64 or 128 ounces of beer. It has its own built-in tap, and using CO2 chargers allows you to dispense it like a pro. It keeps beer fresh for up to two weeks. It comes in three different colors, though the copper one is my favorite. Another space saver for the fridge is the bottle loft. I don't know about you, but I'm always running out of space in the family fridge. Each peel and stick adhesive strip has three super strong neodymium magnets that allow you to store your bottles of beer suspended from the ceiling of your refrigerator, Depending on the layout of yours, no longer do you have to leave your bottles waiting patiently for their turn to chill because the leftovers have to go in. Bottle loft them. Corksicle has a cool product called the Decapitator. Have you ever experienced a false start while trying to open a bottle of beer? I know I have. This handheld device will make you look like a pro as you simply press the Decapitator over the top of your beer bottle, press down, and remove that cap with ease. Also, it doesn't damage the caps which is great if you're trying to save them for a project. One other product is the Couch Coaster. If you're cramped for space like I am, an end table or coffee table is not convenient to hold your can of beer. Enter the Couch Coaster. Made of BPA-free silicone, it has weighted flaps that drape over the arm of your chair or couch and holds your beverage like a pro. It has a removable insert allowing you to change up the container that you're using. Also comes in a variety of colors. 
And finally, there's a brand new product I really love called Draft Top that I've been mentioning recently on my Instagram feed. It's a slick device that allows you to take the tops off cans of beer, or any canned beverage for that matter, and drink directly from them. The benefit to this is that you may not be in a location where having a pint glass is convenient, but you still want to have the enjoyment of experience of beer with your five senses. And no more shaking that can to try and get the last drops of beer out of that annoying little opening. Welcome to Barstool Banter. I'm sitting down virtually with Linus DePauli from Three Gatos Brewery at their Wyoming, Michigan location. Linus, boa tarde. Obrigado por se juntar on meme no podcast. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you to have me here. Thank you. Can you uh, tell me how long Three Gatos has been open? So we we opened July 2021, beginning of July 2021. So we are at a year and three months. So we survived year one. Seems like that's the tipping point for most craft breweries. Most businesses or small businesses suffer of a very high uh, early infancy mortality rate. So yes. if you survive year one, uh, that's a big goal, a big thing you should celebrate. Well, again, congratulations. And we have and we love cats at our home. The logo you have is really fun. Uh, where did you come up with the name and the logo? So the, uh, the idea of the name, me and my wife, uh, we were thinking, uh, dreaming, planning to have our own brewery tap room for some time. And uh, 2019, we're already thinking, where are we going to do this? Uh, we don't know where, how should we call it? And then realized it was going to be something very personal for us about who we are, where we come from, where we've been to, and to share our experiences with the people who go to our place and at that time we didn't know where it was going to be so uh, nothing more personal to us than tres gatos because we have three cats that we rescued and adopted 2011 2012 and they've been with us everywhere we go so tres gatos was natural for us to represent who we are very nice and we choose to to put the name in portuguese which is sounds exactly the same in Spanish because it's a very accessible language to most people in Western Europe and in the, the American continent as well. So we just said, okay, Tres Gatos, that's it. And the logo uh, was funny. We knew the name already. And then a 2020 COVID lockdown, I'm scrolling through Instagram and checking some of my uh, friends' pictures and stuff. And uh, one of my friends, he's a graphic designer and cartoonist. Uh, he posted like a hand sketch of a cat on his Instagram account. And I like immediately saw that and I said, wow. And then I showed that to Renata and she was like, hire him, hire him to do our logo. So I, I gave Anselmo a call and said, hey, how would you like to do our, our logo and the, all the, the design work for, for our future to be business? So he said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. So he is actually the one that does everything for us. The logo, the cans, the labels, the t-shirts, everything is, is his work. He's an awesome designer and artist. That's great. It's good to uh, get people on your team that have those kind of skill sets for sure. And the logo is eye-catching. Again, it really resonates with me. So, And it had to be cartoony and fun. And it had to represent a little bit the personality of each one of the cats. 
So he he did an awesome job, and all everything he does is 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 great. So we're we're very happy with the logo and all the the design work he Anselmo has done for us. What is your role at the brewery? Uh, so if you if you grab my mug here at the brewery, it says janitor on it. <laughs> because, uh, that's that's what it feels uh, sometimes. I mean, being a a small business, uh, I'm I'm pretty much a do it all. So. And my wife having a full-time job somewhere else comes here. She does a lot, but most of the everyday operation um, I'm doing or leading it myself. So between uh, management, paying bills, sourcing stuff, hiring, dealing with uh, our, our employees, trying to coordinate the kitchen, plan and execute events, uh, brew beer, package beer. Uh, eventually do the street sales rep role and go from place to place selling the beer. And eventually, once in a while, unclogging toilets as well. That's what I do. Sure. <laughs> so uh, so you've been doing that since the beginning, it sounds like. Yes, yes, since the beginning, since and, we, we opened. Yeah. And, and Renata, she's a co-owner with you as well, right? Yes, yes. Renata is my partner uh, in life and in business. And... Uh, She's a big part of this, uh, of the vision that we have here. Uh, luckily, uh, she has a, a full-time job at Bissell and Walker as a noise and vibration engineer, which is something she loves. I'm very happy she's doing something she loves as well. And she's here after work, helping as well in the kitchen and everywhere. So, yeah, she's a big part of this. Nice. I don't think people realize when you are a brewer, owner, small business owner, just how much of your blood, sweat and tears and time goes into that. I don't think people really realize the investment above and beyond just the nine to five. Yes. Uh, so we are in a, in a small strip mall here in Wyoming. And one of our neighbors is a Delsky Prime uh, Meats. And one day when uh, Matt, the manager there, was talking to me and he asked me, hey, Linus, how many hours a week are you doing at the brewery? Because it seems like a lot. I always see you around here. It's probably above 80 hours a week. I said, no, nah, man, that's probably not that much. I never did the math and that's probably not that much. You're crazy. And then he made me do the math and I hate him ever since. <laughs> it was very close to 80. But uh Luckily, since then, we were able to hire good people and organize and structure the work that I don't have to put as many hours, but it's still a lot of responsibility. So it's not just the hours, the man hours, but also the responsibility and the emotional uh, commitment to the business and trying to get everything done the best way possible. That uh, takes a lot on uh, the person who owns and runs the business. Well, I know when I met you at Burning Foot, I noticed the Brazilian flag in your booth. And that's when I wanted to find out more. Where, where did your beer journey begin and how did you end up in Michigan of all places? So me and Renata, we are Brazilians. So we were born in Brazil, raised in Brazil, and we ended up in West Michigan running a brewery, but it's a long story. <laughs> so me and, me and Renata were both automotive engineers. We used to work for Ford Motor Company in Brazil. Uh, that's where I met her. And through Ford, I traveled to uh, East Michigan a lot since 2005. So I've been to Michigan uh, several times 
even before we decided to move here. So we engineers at Ford Motor Company in Brazil. And then end of 2014, there was a really good opportunity to be transferred to Ford of Germany in Cologne, so Northwest of Germany. So we decided to take that opportunity and we moved there uh, March of 2015. Awesome experience. We loved living in Germany, made a lot of friends there, drank a lot of awesome beers. And that's how we ended up here. I mean, while we were living in Germany, I was already thinking about transitioning to having a career in beer. So I started taking some courses. And one of those courses was a two-week craft brewing and practice course in Berlin, where I met the owner of Kitzingen Brewery here in Wyoming, Michigan. And then a year after that, when I was already working as a brewer in a small brewery in Bonn, Germany, he gave me a call saying he was selling the brewery and asked if I wanted to come here and check the place out. So then I came here February 2020, right before COVID, checked the place out, the area, the Grand Rapids brewing scene is amazing. And went back home and we decided to take the leap. I mean, buying a brewery, a business that's already running, you kind of jumpstart your plans because you're not starting from scratch. Right. Uh, so end of 2020, we moved here, worked out to finalize the purchase of the brewery. Did that end of May, got our licenses and opened for business beginning of July. So, so it was a kind of like a big loop around the world to get to where we are, but everything you do kind of adds up to where you end. So if I, if I wasn't an engineer, if I wasn't in automotive, we would never be in Germany. If I wasn't homebrewing since 2011, I never thought about having a career in beer and taking the course and would never know about this opportunity to buy a brewery in Wyoming, Michigan. So everything adds up to bringing us where we are today. That's the best kind of fairy tale. And everybody lived happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, uh, I'm an engineer myself. So I work for an international company that's uh, based in Austria. Um, I visited Sao Paulo for business back in 2019, and I had a fantastic time. Uh, it was a little overwhelming, you know, 12.7 million people. I mean, that was pretty crazy. Yes. Uh, driving on the eight-lane highways around the center of town, that was a little fearful with my colleagues. She's like, lock the doors. Do not look at people out the window. <laughs> the bikes will go by. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that was the scariest thing in the world, Linus. <laughs> it's crazy. People might be surprised to know that Brazil is an up-and-coming craft beer destination. Yeah. I actually read an article from 2020 noting there were over 30 regional and 1,200 microbreweries in Brazil. So besides the international craft presence that I know is there from BrewDog, Sao Paulo, there are also plenty of other craft breweries such as Everbrew, Yojapas, Davida, Therizopolis, Zalas, and I'm sure many, many more. Oh, Do you yeah. guys ever get back to Brazil? Yeah, the last time I was there was uh, end of 2018. Okay. Christmas 2018. And then my plan was to go there again in March 2020. So you sure, can figure sure. why I didn't go there. But uh, I'll be traveling there again in two weeks uh, to visit family after four weeks away. So okay. but I, I have a lot of contacts there in the craft brewing scene. A lot of friends, really good friends. Uh, actually, the owners of Dajiva, they're good friends. I met uh, Victor, who is a head brewer and co-owner uh, when he was still home brewing about 
10-ish years ago. Uh, he started homebrewing before I did. Super nice guy. Japas is an awesome uh, brewery. They actually have a, a production and distribution here in the U.S. Every time I see their beers around here, I'm, I'm super excited. Not sure you know the story. I do. Uh, yeah. Three uh, ladies from Japanese descent that are from yes. live in Brazil. And I mean, it's it's a fantastic story if, if folks want to look it, it up. It's a fantastic story. And then there are other breweries like uh, Cervejaria Bamberg, which is, uh, they were like half a mile from where we lived uh, in Sao Paulo, in Sorocaba. Owners, Alexandre Janaina, super good friends, specialized in German beer styles. Been around since, I think, two. 2005. But yeah, Brazilian craft brewer scene has been up and coming since uh, some years. I think 2010, 2011, when I started home brewing, it was still kind of uh, incipient and small, but it exploded five years after that. And now you find breweries everywhere. It's still a very small uh, share of the market being mostly dominated by big macro uh, standard lagers. Uh, it's big, it's coming, it's creative, it's innovative, uh, it's exciting. So I'm excited to go there after four years, try some of the beers people are brewing there. And I'm already talking with uh, another friend from a, a tiny brew pub close to my parents' house to brew a collaboration there. Very cool. I had gone to a brew pub, but they had a cooler with singles of the craft beer. And when I saw like the Everbrew, I was like, I've got to get this. And I packed, I don't know, three, four, five cans of that to come home just because their can art is, is really cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, can art does a lot for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried. I've contacted. I'm like, can you guys send me some beer? No, no, no. Can't do that. Too expensive. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very expensive to, to send beer from there. And the other way around as well. Some interesting stories with uh, Michigan craft beers. Uh, so one of the first times uh, I came to East Side, East Michigan, um, I remember just checking in at the hotel, dropping my bags, going to the reception and asking them where I could go to grab a beer just to try to get through the jet lag. And they directed me to go to uh, WAB, Woodward Avenue Brewers. Uh, and that was my first visit to a U.S. Uh, tap room 17 years ago. First U.S. craft beer I ever drank, Oberon, nice. also 17 years ago. And one of the first big uh, U.S. brands, uh, craft beer brands that was uh, imported to Brazil was Founders. You know, we used to drink a lot of Founders back 10 years ago there. The ironic thing, you're mentioning that. So when I had gone to Brazil in 2019, I went to this tap room. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get all these great local Brazilian beers. Well, it happened to be that I hit it the week they were doing International Craft Beer Week. And there were three different founder beers on tap. And I'm like, how can you go like, you know, 7,000 miles from home and, and have a founder's beer, which I could have just going to the corner store? Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. thrilled. If they were like so excited. And I'm like... Yeah, it's good beer, but that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> not what I'm here for. No, and I, I can see that. I'm, I'm that kind of guy as well. Whenever I travel, I go to a place. I just want to drink local. I get mad when sometimes I see like people traveling, I don't know, to Barcelona and going to visit a Nicolas bar. I mean, don't travel to Barcelona to drink Danish beer. 
Uh, you don't travel to Germany to drink American beer. So yeah. drink local, always. Drink and food, in, in my opinion. I think that if you're going to travel someplace, you know, don't go to the big chain restaurants that are all over the world. Go to someplace local, this hole in the wall that's going to give you the best authentic experience. I mean, that's yeah. that's what it's all about. Yes, I agree, 100%. Last call. It's nearly time to wrap things up, but first, one more for the road. This episode, I'm drinking Run Wild IPA from Athletic Brewing Company out of San Diego, California. They've been on my radar for a while, but I've never had the chance to try their beer until now. Their motto is Brew Without Compromise. The can says they give back 2% of all sales for restoring local trails. That's pretty awesome. Additionally, the can says, at Athletic Brewing Company, we are pioneering a craft brew revolution. We believe you shouldn't have to sacrifice your ability to be at your best to enjoy great brews. So we created our innovative lineup of refreshing, non-alcoholic craft brews. So as I'm scanning the website here for Athletic Brewing, they have Upside Down, which is a golden ale, the Run Wild IPA, they've got a Free Wave Hazy IPA, also uh, some other various seasonals, Dark and Gordy Brown, a Lodge Life Dark, a Cerveza Athletica, an All Out Dark, and even some limited edition IPAs, a Forest Explorer, Oregon Strata Wet, and even a Lemon Rattler. So if you're looking for some variety with your non-alcoholic beer, looks like Athletic Brewing might be the place for you to check out. Here's a description of the beer. Run Wild is the ultimate sessionable IPA for craft beer lovers. Brewed with a blend of five Northwest hops, it has an approachable bitterness to balance the specialty malt body. Always refreshing, and only 65 calories. This beer comes in at less than a half percent ABV. Uh, it says it's vegan, it's a non-GMO, and it is 35 IBUs. Uh, the ingredients are very simple. Water, organic Vienna malt, malted barley, oats, hops, wheat, and yeast. 16 carbs, zero protein, zero fat. Without further delay, So I'm going to pour this out into one of my pint glasses here. Came from a new friend, Trent, out at Bridge Up Brewing in Door County, Wisconsin. It pours a deep golden color. It has a very fine, thin white head. It's got a nice, sweet, malty nose on it. I definitely get a lot of citrus there. So first sip impression is that it has a nice bitter hop flavor on the front of the palate. It does have a little bit of that uh, metallic, non-alcoholic taste on the end. Now that I've had a few non-alcoholic beers, it's something that I expect at this point. It's got a little bit of a uh, kind of an effervescent feel on the tongue. Uh, citrus undertones to it for sure. So you definitely get that, so that nice hop hit to it. It's, it's definitely light. I would agree that it is a, a sessionable IPA. I would say that the, the aroma, it has the, the, as I said, the malty backbone, citrusy. It almost has a piney note to it as well. I dig this one. It's a fairly clean looking beer. It is, uh, you know, slightly turbid. You can't see all the way through. That bitterness hit that you get on the palate uh, certainly makes you want to dive back in for, uh, for more. 
So I would say overall, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Looking at what the description was compared to what the beer is, I'd say that Athletic is delivering exactly what they say they're going to deliver. Comparing my experience here with what the tasting notes are on the Athletic Brewing page, I would say that it's, it's spot on. So I really appreciate what Athletic Brewing is trying to do here. Creating a beer for uh, an active lifestyle, uh, something that's low in calories, it's got big taste, and you know, certainly uh, won't fill you up. I always appreciate it when a brewery is giving back to the community, so cheers on that. So overall, this is a, a solid beer. The more that I've had of it, that uh, metallic aftertaste kind of goes away. I think that my mouth is just kind of getting used to, to the profile. Overall, this is a solid beer. I would give this one three and a half tasters out of five on the flight board. Cheers, Athletic Brewing! If you've got a beer you'd like me to drink and describe, leave a comment below. If you're a brewer and have one in mind, direct message me on Instagram and let's see what we can do. That's all for this episode of the 5 Beer Plan. With so many podcasts out there, thanks for choosing to listen to mine. Join me next time as I talk about advent calendars, share another hop hack, and wrap up my chat with Linus Tapali from Trace Gatos Brewing in Wyoming, Michigan. Remember to hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. I'd love to hear from you, so please follow me on Instagram, 5 Beer Plan 2022, and leave a comment to let me know what your favorite pumpkin beer is. Be sure to support your local breweries, choose your beers wisely, and drink them responsibly. Until next time, keep walking your ale trail, and stay thirsty, my friends.